0: Being able to sometimes just pump the brakes and say, okay, we can do this, yeah, absolutely, but like, why are we doing it this way? How might we be able to do it in a different way? And really try to check every assumption that you make as you're going along. That's really what's powerful about uh, Microsoft's AI platform, in my opinion.
1: You're listening to Azure Success, the podcast by and for Azure professionals. Listen in, and you'll be sure to speed your customers' march into the cloud. And now, your host, Lois Berman. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Azure Success, the podcast by and for Azure professionals. That sounds so professional when I say it. I almost feel I'm an Azure professional. I am employed as an Azure professional position, so I could say that, but uh, I still feel like a poser. So anyway, we're very privileged today to have as our guest, Christian Zero, as in zero, uh, definitely not at zero, but it sounds like that. Uh, one of my fellow cloud solutions architects. He is relatively new to the IT world, but the man packs a lot of punch and lots of interesting experiences. So, Christian, tell me how an audio engineer, a GM of a Grammy Award winning uh, album, a GM who your company had at NAACP Image Award, and how do you end up at Microsoft? It's a great question. Hashtag growth mindset. Really, that's uh, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, my first all the cool kids were saying hashtag this or that. That's what I gotta I gotta stay true to
0: my millennial roots, right? I uh, am a new kid on the block, but yeah, you know, my first job out of college was uh, working for an independent record label based out of Chicago. Uh, Fortunate enough to get a couple Grammy nominations, a Grammy win, and uh, an NAACP Image Award nomination for some work that uh, that I was a part of. So really great experience right out of college and transitioned a little bit, a little bit more technical, got increasingly more technical, ended up as a product manager in the Bay Area for a brief period of time and and came to Microsoft because really, you know, connected with the mission, fell in love with the way that the organization is approaching AI and ML, both from a technological standpoint, but also from an ethical standpoint. And like I said, man, hashtag growth mindset, you know, it's a real thing. And I think that, uh, the experiences that I had, you know, outside of the IT and the tech world, are, are uh, I, I carry them with me, and I'm I'm ready to learn and on to the next thing.
1: I should say by way of apology that, of course, you know, in our post-COVID world, Christian and I are in our respective homes. Christian's somewhere outside of D.C. I'm outside of Philadelphia. And, you know, so we're basically recording remotely, which is we try to do good. We try to do technically, but I own a rather expensive recording rig for doing in person. And I'm sure Christian has worked with much more expensive things than me. So just imagine that we have incredibly mellifluous, well-tuned voices, we'll try to do the best we can. So we're here today to talk about Power BI and what is it, why is it, how to pitch it to your clients, and we're going to try to get some clever things that Christian said before I had the audio rolling to have him say them again. He sounded very you know, knowledgeable about it. But what is Power BI? What is it? Let's start there.
0: Yeah, I mean, at its simplest form, right, it's it's data visualization. And it's easy to sort of pigeonhole it like that. But the tech itself is is so much broader than, than just data visualization, right? You can do so much within Power Query, right, so many different kinds of DAX equations to get the sorts of measures that you're looking for out of your data. But it's really the, the way that from your digital transformation, from that new data estate, how you can really get to that insight and that actionable, that actionable pain, that's what, that's what Power BI really brings, is the ability to get some value out of that entire digital transformation, in my book, at least.
1: I also, just being, uh, I don't want to call myself a neophyte on it, because I've done a significant amount of work on it. I find it a combination of trivially easy to use and extremely hard to use. Can you talk to that? You know, it, It's so powerful, I think, is maybe one of its problems.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. For me, coming out of grad school a year ago, I took classes in visualization, and to be totally honest, we were using Tableau. And Tableau, to me, has this really refined uh, user interface. The UX is fantastic. It has smart features in a way that are you know really well thought through products. And making the switch to Power BI, when I joined Microsoft, yeah, there was a learning curve. I'd be the first to admit it. I was initially not a fan. It was hard for me to, to learn and understand but as I got more integrated really into the data and AI CSA role, I got to understand the power of it, right? Yeah, you can do some easy things, some line plots, some chart plots. It's really easy to do that, but the power, uh, the power of the Power BI <laughs> see what I did there it really comes in the robust data modeling and the sort of the ETL that you can do within the tool itself. And so it's really sort of like an onion, right? You start peeling back layers, you start understanding really how deep it goes, even to the point where there's integrated AI functionality within this, from, from things like a QA, where it can take natural language and query your data based on that natural language input, it has things uh, like ML integration, key influencers visuals. They're like these really far pushing the envelope types of applications of AI within
1: a visualization software nothing
0: else touches this, man. I'm serious. It's it's really awesome.
1: Well, that is awesome. And you, I feel it from you. So that's what we're looking for. But Power BI is like one of these weird products, right? It is, visualization is great, and it works, but you have to have everything behind it. So you were talking about the data estate, and how you have to get those ducks in a row to make it have its full life. Talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, so the episode that our colleague Kevin did recently, right? He talked about data estate. And there's, I tell you, there's no better person to get in touch with. If you have a question about data estate, like Kevin is your go-to guy. And I've leaned on him. Yeah, that's Kevin Howell, one of our colleagues. Yeah, Kevin Howell. There's no better guy to really to lean on. He is like the data estate guru when it comes to this stuff. And just being in engagements with him, I've learned so much that really that data estate is a super critical foundation to your business intelligence, right? To your visualization. And so with that, if you think about it, right? That data estate is really sort of the plumbing, right? And that's absolutely essential. We can't do anything without that plumbing. But with Power BI, what we start to get is in those CEO, CTO, sort of business decision maker conversations, plumbing doesn't always land. What does land, however, is when you start to sell a spa, a five star luxury, four season spa that comes in with actionable business insights, visuals that really get from a 35,000 foot cruising altitude down to the front lines of your business, of your organization, that's what Power BI offers. Now, we can't do that without the data estate being set up properly, but being able to understand that sort of end-to-end journey for our customers, it's really, really powerful. And so it's it's difficult within Power BI because it touches so many different parts of the Microsoft stack that it can often be like a little bit of a stepchild in the corner. And I'm one of the proponents here saying, hey, man, this should be first and foremost, put this on the top of the list This is huge value for both us as CSAs, but primarily for our customers as well. So
1: this is supposedly an Azure-focused show. Power BI sort of straddles Azure in lots of different ways. Could you talk about that?
0: Yeah, so Power BI itself, it can get a little bit confusing. And, you know, those distinctions are tough. And there are a number of SKUs, right? So Power BI itself, you can actually have a, a premium SKU that actually runs on an Office node, And technically, that's a Power Platform product. But then there's another version of Power BI called Power BI Embedded, which is an Azure node. So it consumes Azure resources. So this Power BI sort of floats in between sort of the gray area, the chasm between sort of Power Platforms and the Azure world, right? So sellers, specialists, CSAs, we don't really know who's really responsible for that, right? And so I think that there's definitely a gap in that knowledge because it doesn't fall squarely in one person's jurisdiction, right? But in that, there's definitely an opportunity for growth and learning. So I think that if we can sort of lean into that and be like, you know, I'm not afraid to get a little power platform me as a data and AI CSA, as an Azure-focused professional, right? But if we can really lean into that, we can can start to understand that entire overarching journey for our customers. And I think really that's where the value comes.
1: I like to think about it the same way I think about, about DevOps. And I don't mean this in a technical sense, but I mean in a selling sort of sense. I don't particularly sell DevOps. I still literally don't know if I get compensated for a DevOps sort of sale. But, but I do know that it empowers my customers to do all sorts of crazy and good things. And those are deploying things like you're saying in Azure, they're deploying data state services, Cosmos, SQL, what have you, AI, cognitive services, things like that. So so I think of it as, as an unambiguous good. So let's talk about the why and why the customers should adopt this. And you sort of ate your own headline a little bit before you're like, it's like, you're amazing. I, I'm not going to repeat it. I'm going to allow it to come out from your voice. But clearly you love Power BI, right? why?
0: Yeah, to me, it's it's the perfect storm, really, right? It, it touches so many parts, so many competencies that I really love exercising, right? It starts with that data state and being able to start with sort of that that layer cake that you've built, right? So you've built the the cake itself, the sheet cake, right? And now we need to start putting the layers on top. of we, we put the icing, we put the flowers, we put the fruit on top, right? And so that's really, that whole journey is why I love Power BI. So it starts with that data state. You have an ETL process inside the tool. You're able to choose what sorts of visualizations, how you want to make that data actually tangible for your users. You can empower those citizen data scientists within your organization uh, using things like certified data sets that allow people within your organization to really explore data on their own and really get excited about the idea of data science, and, and then from that point you choose, you know where you want to put those visualizations. So there's a design aspect, there's a change management aspect, there's a data aspect, and on top of all that stuff, my first love is AI and ML, and so you get to use that. And like you said in one of those episodes, sprinkle a little AI on it, right? That's exactly what you. That's <laughs> exactly. exactly what you can do here too. So it's I love it because it's so it's so multifunctional, so cross-discipline. That's what I really like.
1: Yeah. You mentioned something also about that ethical data and, and stuff. And I believe ethical data is starting to float out in Power BI as it's trying to float out throughout the rest of our estate. Can you talk to that?
0: Yeah. So that was one of the biggest things that really drew me to this company is the ethical approach that we have to advancing the field of AI. And to me, that's that's really important just because there's so much inherent bias that comes in when you're training new algorithms or you're doing any sort of research into the future of machine learning, that being able to sometimes just to pump the brakes and say, okay, we can do this, yeah, absolutely, but like, why are we doing it this way? How might we be able to do it in a different way? And really try to check every assumption that you make as you're going along. That's really what's powerful about uh, Microsoft's AI platform, in my opinion. And then as it applies to Power BI, right, all those things that you're seeing within Azure all those AI functionalities, uh, many of them are able to be called within the Power BI service itself. So there's starting to be that interplay between sort of those uh, sprinkled little AI on top of it from Azure being pulled into the Power BI service so we can really get that power and that heft behind every single product we have in our stack.
1: Can, can I make sort of a plug for yet another thing which I don't sell, but I like? Yeah, go for it. That is the the Power Platform itself, right? Power BI ostensibly is the leading product of the the Power Platform, but the Power Platform is sort of like a whole mess of Tinker Toy-style programmatic goodness that you used to have to be a professional to play around with to get value from. You had to, and I, I don't even mean professional in the sense that they were paying you to do it, but that you had to be a dedicated person who spent weeks, months, years to learn how to do. So I'm under the impression that most people have a similar experience to me when they address Power BI. It's daunting because it's so powerful, but then they get with it, they start getting value. And I and I think the power platform itself is better than that in that it is most of the things in Power Platform seem to be easier to approach, whether it be batch processes or connectors to talk to cognitive services or, or stuff like that. But have you started working with Power Platform in coordination with Power BI?
0: Yeah, I mean there's definitely a lot of connection that happens there. So a good chunk of Power BI is very squarely in the Power Platform world, right? And I think you touched on it really plainly, right? I mean, to do a lot in Azure, you know, you and I both open up a Visual Studio code window and we'll, we'll start hacking away. And, and that's sort of part of the job description. But there comes a time when there's a little bit of a disconnect with our customers there. I think that's where the Power Platform really fills that gap is sort of that low-code, no-code development, where you can really, and I, I said this in, the, in uh, one of the recent things that I just said about Power BI, is that you can really start to empower people within your organization to, to really dive in to data science, to coding, to app development. And what that does is it just, it makes people feel like, I can do this too. And right, and so even if that Power Platform is sort of that first step on how you get to become either a cloud solution architect or you know, somebody more technical inside your own organization, everybody starts somewhere. And that power platform really lowers the barrier for people to get into higher tech stuff like the Azure, like the, like I've done my power platform stuff. Now I want to really learn about the data state because Kevin Howell really made me excited about it. You know what I mean?
1: That's cool. That's cool. So we're going to get into the next step of this, which is how to not only have knowledge of how to use it, but how to sell it. And I mean that in the best sense of the word, how to convince people that this is a great thing to deal with. But firstly, I want to talk about the Alman Brothers. You were like a roadie with them for like four or five years, six years, something like this. I'm still marveling this. And, and I, I should tell the people on the phone that I have done not as much roadieing, but I've certainly done a fair amount in my early 20s. And my universal takeaway from roadieing is it sounds incredibly more glamorous than it is. Like I did a, a gig for the Rolling Stones where I probably got within five or 600 feet of the stage, hauling incredibly heavy boxes and not being fed. <laughs> That's usually my experience. But my assumption is that you probably had a much better experience. And, and I'm still jealous, even with the filter of my own experience have been less than good. So could you talk about that a little bit?
0: Sure. Yeah. it Totally wild time in my life. It was my honestly my first job out of college, right? And I was I was on tour with the Almond Brothers Band for about four and a half years, and it was a great experience. I met people I would never have met otherwise, and and wouldn't trade it for the world. But like you said, man, a very very difficult life, very hard, very challenging. Uh, at the same time, extremely rewarding, right? Being yeah. able did, to did they
1: feed you? That's that's my main they,
0: question. <laughs> they did they did feed me. In fact, primarily <laughs> my breakfast was a tray of bacon. You can guess that my pants. <laughs> My pant size ended up a little bit bigger by the end of tour legs than when it started. Yeah, they did feed me, but I did also have to, to huff a lot of heavy cable. but taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about work ethic and a lot about teamwork. So I'm happy to have had that experience.
1: Well, cool. So let's talk about closing the loop on this stuff. So Power BI is wonderful. Apparently, it has all sorts of technical, wonderful things. And clearly, the culture and, and how you approach it thing sounds right. But how do you convince the people who are going to adopt this? And and tell me who those people are. Does it need to be adopted at the CIO level or grassroots or in between? How, how does that work?
0: Yeah, I mean, where I've really seen success is, is around actually rallying people that are closer towards the bottom, not really those C-level people. Top-down approach is is difficult for a CSA, honestly. And so what I try to do is I go bottom-up. And I will start to get these sort of center of excellence going around this, stand-up meetings where it comes to, you know, how can we refine this model? How do we do this better for our organization? How do we think about transforming digitally something that was an Excel sheet and a PDF into an active Power BI report or dashboard or something that I can then push out to my customers, to my end customers, right? So our customers' customers, and have those customers really engage with something instead of looking at a static sheet. And primarily from the Azure standpoint, the Power BI embedded SKU is really powerful because the app that you create within the Power BI service actually owns the data. So it's it has this really big implication for our customers, the Microsoft customers, those customers' clients, right? If we are selling some sort, if we as an organization, right, our customers, Microsoft customers, are selling something, right? And it's in a digital, it's a web app or something like that. We can embed Power BI visualizations inside of web apps or Teams or SharePoint, things that already exist. And so we're meeting our end customers where they are. And that's sort of where I found success is really, really being able to establish that center of excellence around the Power BI itself. And then saying, here's all the cool stuff you can do to serve your clients better.
1: Well, do you have a report from the field? Do I have a report have from the field? Clients been, have your clients been saying good things? Anything you can quote? They, I think generally they would
0: be happy. One of the more recent projects that I was on that had a, a good amount of spotlight on it was for uh, one of the big four companies that we support. And there was a a COVID impact. By dashboard. the way, very
1: very good work on anonymizing in a good way.
0: I try my best. I, I try my best.
1: Very good work.
0: But there was a COVID dashboard that one of their sea level uh, executives wanted to put together, and you know, one of those things where we need it yesterday, right? And so swarmed up with an internal team on the customer side, developers offshore, people in Chicago, all over the globe, right, to get this going. And they really wanted to create a um, visualization report that showed both the economic impact of COVID itself and and how we're seeing signs of vibrancy in the economy. And this is in state, local, county, and zip code economies, right? And so this was like a really tall task and how to be able to do this with signals that go all the way down to things like how many jobs were posted in a county last week? How many construction permits were pulled in a zip code over the last month? So these sorts of really minute economic indicators were, were really the data signals that we were processing. But it launched, everybody's really happy, it's excited, it's live on this, on this customer's webpage, and hopefully they're generating a lot of business because of it. And it's, and it's all through the amazing stuff that we could do within Azure, and then visualize on top of that with Power BI.
1: Excellent. I'm always happy to hear also that we're involved in civic works and, and helping deal with COVID-19. That's, that's pretty incredible. So thank you so much for, for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate it. What's next?
0: What's next? You tell me, man. I mean, this has been a great time to chat with you, to sort of put a big plug for this platform for our teams. I think you're doing some great work here by spreading the the good word out there. Hopefully, uh, people get a lot uh, of value out of sure, these sessions.
1: Get out of here. comic sounding <laughs> things, for sure. I don't know what that, that, what that word means, but it sounds like it in a cartoon. I would say, yeah, right. Yeah. So, right. well, great. We'll look forward to uh, hearing great things from you. I am talking to Christian Giro. Uh, From now on, I'm going to call him Power BI Hero. Uh, We certainly won't use that as the title for this. That'd be too embarrassing. So, as always, thank you for listening to Azure Success, and thank you very much. Thanks, Liz. You've been listening to Azure Success, the podcast by and for Azure professionals. You can visit our website, azure-success.com for show notes, helpful links, and other episodes, but also to leave your questions, comments, and suggestions. Thank you for listening.